Back by popular demand. This is the Long Leg Podcast. We are a cricket podcast, which means we like cricket. It means we don't. We don't like, just like cricket. We we well, we more than like cricket, of course. Uh, we, we like proper cricket on this podcast. We don't subscribe to things that aren't made up of six ball overs, for example. Um, we we may get to that, but this is, this isn't meant to be an angry thing. This is just. Uh, me, Adam, and you, Russ. Hello there. Good evening. Getting together for for a chat. We've we've had a whole test series in South Africa since we last spoke, which surprisingly did, went rather well. Did we did we convene post New Zealand? I think we did, didn't we? We had a chat post New Zealand when we were struggling a little bit as a team. It was Chris Silverwood's first sort of foray in charge, and it all. Didn't necessarily feel feel a bit doom and gloom, but it was it was certainly different. But South Africa, we went to South Africa thinking 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 like it was going to be a really really tough time, and uh, it turned out all right. Yeah, it didn't look good to start with the first test. We were roundly and firm, firmly and squarely i'm losing my metaphors here but we were beaten <laughs> convincingly first um, in, first innings runs standard england standard england defeat yeah yeah but it, it was one of those games that it seemed quite obvious where it was going from from early in the match then well yeah, apart, the, from the, apart from the first ball of the match of the boxing day test that a rank leg side Long oh, J- Jimmy, Jimmy strangled someone. Jimmy, remember him? Jimmy Anderson, yeah, he he could bowl a bit, couldn't he? Um, he took Dean Elgar first first ball of the series, wasn't it? If I remember rightly, um, caught by Butler, strangled down the leg side, <laughs> and and everybody's thinking, oh, and you know, from that first morning until until uh, Decock got in, um. We had them. We had them kind of on the rack, and it and even at two hundred and eighty four all out in that first test, you know, things weren't looking too bad. Oh, somebody's Just, got a quick info in front of them. But it, yeah, well, it's been a while, mate. It was boxing day, <laughs> but um, but one hundred and eighty one all out first innings for England. It it was for familiar problems. Burns. Yes, yeah, that that felt like more of the same, didn't it? And the New Zealand tour was a bit. It lacked something. It was a well, two tests, wasn't it? Which is, I always think, never enough, regardless of the opposition. It's kind of pointless, isn't it? Um, but yeah, as you say, South Africa, proper opposition, a tough place to go. And yeah, that first yeah, 100, 180 all out as a first effort. And the batting's been the problem for a long time now. Oh, it certainly seemed that way. And, and, as as I've said in the past, Trevor Bayliss, as, as our coach, has prioritised one-day cricket. Uh, we won the World Cup, which was great. Um, and I feel that that, in a lot of ways, was the detriment of the Test team. Uh, Chris Silverwood's come in, though. New regime. I mean, you you may not think that makes a huge amount of difference, a change of coach. Uh, but something's changed after after the first Test, Cape Town. Yeah, we've got. Well, it 
I guess, did it start with Rory Burns playing football? And well, yeah, we've got a makeshift opener or a new, well, a, a two fresh young opening batsmen who've both delivered. It, it kind of, it kind of did, didn't it? Because you know, even in the second innings at Cape Town, Burns and Sibley put on uh, best part of a hundred for the first week, which is the first time we've had that in God knows how long. Um, and even it was though it was in a losing cause, you could start to see some some fruits. And then when Burns got injured and they decided to drop Bearstow and bring in young Ollie Pope, who, by the way, with every passing minute, is looking every inch the uh, 2020 version of Ian Bell. Yeah, um, but in a good way. In a, in a good way, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ian Bell, if you think of all the... the great stuff that ian bell did from being involved in that um 2005 ashes team through to you know bell's ashes of uh 2013 there yes. Like, yes, yeah. 2013 you know he as much as ian bell achieved i think we all kind of think he never actually got to the heights that we all thought he might do or the the heights oh, that he looked like he could do Ian Bell, I, honestly, the first half of his test career, and it was a long test career, the first half of it, at least, I spent the whole time thinking he shouldn't be in the side. Um, not not because of what his cover drive looked like, obviously, but it just just seemed to... Uh, I don't know, just, I just used to look at him and think, you're, mentally, you're not tough enough. You're, you're there for the nice-looking, streaky innings. It was a bit like Ramprakash always was. Yeah. Ramprakash would, you know, the king of the absolutely glorious 27. Um, and Ian Bell for a while was like that. And, but then he, he just suddenly worked out how to do it under pressure. Well, he, he, he found his place in the team, didn't he, at number five? And yeah, three, you know, we, three, or even opening. I think they tried at one yeah, point. Yeah, well, he batted, it, he batted at six. He batted at four. And when he settled into that number five, just below Peterson, and then they had Collingwood. He had they almost had the, the insurance of Collingwood coming in at six, didn't they? And it was almost then where he started to flourish. Anyway, we weren't talking about Ian Bell, talking about <laughs> Ollie Pope, and um, you know, Johnny Bairstow, We we've talked about his failures in technique. Um, Vernon Philander and um, uh, Rabada had him on toast, and it just it just wasn't wasn't to be for best though. And he needs a complete break from red ball cricket, which he's been given um, rightly. Rightly, yeah. he yeah. should never have been in South Africa in the first place. But them dropping him for that second test, um, bringing in Ollie Pope, um, it just felt like the right time. They lost the first test. They then lost, you know, for following the New Zealand series. It was time for a full reset, wasn't it? And and they had they had nothing to lose. Rory Burns got injured. They brought in Zach Crawley, um, who throughout the series I thought did an outstanding job. So he, I mean, he didn't get the massive runs that Sibley got, but no. he, he, you just had a sense that he. I, I'm not. I'm not worried about that. He. He's cemented his place with you know, hard fought thirties and forties that actually set set an innings up. And yeah. as contradictory as that might might seem when I've just criticised the 
Rampa Cash and Bell in the past for, for getting those streaky 20s and 30s, but it it felt very different how he, how he went about it. Everything we've said in the last few months about England not having, well, the Alistair Cook type batsman anymore, the the people who will grind it out when, when it's needed, suddenly we seem to have that. <laughs> yeah. And it's um, fantastic. It isn't it, Justin? I'm... I'm... I want to remain slightly level about it because it is only sort of, let's call it three test matches following that defeat in Cape Town. But, you know, looking back at the the second test where Crawley, he didn't score many runs, but Sibley really stepped up. Sibley got his made, he's got his ton, didn't he? And, and it all looked... It all looked really good, you know. Ollie Pope in that first innings dragging us to a two hundred and sixty nine when it when it looked like we were banging trouble. Then to bowl South Africa out and give us a lead seemed. I mean, it just seemed to to give them all a lot of confidence. The the second innings with the bat in Cape Town was the the one for me where it the platform was laid by proper Test match batting. Yeah. And then you've got Stokes to come in and take full advantage of that in exactly the right way. And you know, ev- every type of innings. And don't think that Ben Stokes can't play the the grinding sort of innings he can. Well, well we, saw, did, we saw that in the Ashes, didn't we? Yeah, we've seen, yeah, you see, we, we've seen everything from him. But every, every, every role was used to its full potential. And, and that, it, that innings defined the series and it, it you suddenly remember that actually we've got a team that can do this yeah and set up fully set up the victory when it it could easily have gone the other way especially yeah and you know Elgar stuck around in that first and into South Africa when everybody around him kind of kind of fell away but as I say that that first innings lead although it was only sort of 40 runs those 40 runs, 47 or whatever it was, was absolutely, you know, it was it was like a 150 lead for England, confidence-wise. Because they come, they come out in that second in, Sibley took to it like a duck to water. Um, Denley, I mean, give him his due. He, he didn't score many runs in the series as a whole. But he faced a hell of a lot of balls, and do we that need to discuss us... Joe Denley just as a side side <laughs> issue here? <If> we... <laughs> I, so I think I think he has got a place. I think he's got a place in the side for now. Whilst Burns is injured, especially in Sri Lanka, yeah, where yeah. where the leg spin option is uh, is absolutely something that can be looked upon. Um, we'll come on to Sri Lanka in a minute because I think you know we, we're going to have a talk about the squad and all that sort of stuff. But what what Joe Denley has done, and he did it to a certain extent in the Ashes as well, is he has he has spent time in the middle and, and whilst not scoring lots of runs, he has occupied the crease, which is something that we have really struggled to do on back time. Yeah. Now. In that second innings at Cape Town, he scored 31 off 111. Then um, in the third test, he scored uh, 25 off 100 balls before he um, was LBW to Maharaj. 
and then he scored um uh where's his second innings dig where's his uh, we, we wouldn't have had one no right because we yeah. didn't burn innings that's right but but again those those small amount of runs um 25 off 100 balls just t- just took time out of the game and it stopped that 40 for 3 50 for 3 that we yeah. have been so used to doing which puts so much pressure on our middle order that allowed Stokes and Pope to come in and bat more time because when you you know what were we we were looking at this we were 103 for 3 134 for 3 should i say when when Denley left the crease and then we were three, uh, 148 for four and 351 for five. What what, what Denley hasn't done is convert the sort of the 25 of 100 balls, turned that into a century of 200, like a like other other batsmen have, like Sibley has. Um, I'm not I'm not saying that he hasn't hasn't been useful, and those type of innings haven't been useful. They have, um, but he, he's not. He's certainly not got his name firmly no, on the team no. sheet and and he's he, he's not it's not like he's at an age where okay he's coming in at 24 25 doing a really nice job he's what 33 yeah um, that that's where you kind of it's it's a stop gap and if you don't yeah. if you no longer need a stop gap you've got to be thinking you've, you'd view him at his age differently to which is where we find ourselves now, which is where we find ourselves now isn't it because when burns is fit i'd love to see a world where we're opening with Burns and Sibley, and they've got Zach Crawley at three. I think I think yeah, that absolutely 100%. works for me. And then you look at Root at four, Stokes at five, Pope at six, Bob's your uncle. You know, all of a sudden you can have. It doesn't matter whether you've got Folks or Butler or even Bearstow to a certain extent. It's seven. No, I'm not fussed. And then you've got, depending on conditions, a combination of Moeen and Wood. And Curran, who I want to discuss um, Sam Curran a little bit. Um, Chris Wokes, who I know you're a big fan of. <laughs> um, Broad, Anderson, Archer. All of a sudden, we've got a very much horses for courses type side that we can start putting together. Leach and Bess. You know, Don Bess. I, our, our, our bowl, well, we'll come on to our bowling. Our bowling depth is phenomenal. Virtually every type of bowler you could possibly wish for. I can't. We've, it's an embarrassment of riches in some ways. Um, just a quick before we sort of maybe finish talking about the batting. Joe Root seems to have got himself back in some sort of form. Um, and because question marks have been there about his captaincy and his role as in in the team as batsman and captain, um, I think he as captain did a better job. Yes. Um, there, have I... been, there have been games in the ashes at home, just gone and in, in New Zealand where you're sort of scratching your head at a bowling change or wondering I... why he's done something. The, the I... only thing I think he, he got wrong was bowling himself for, a whole yeah. session to try and get a <laughs> try and get a five for yeah. and you can, you can excuse yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually think, yeah, obviously the result helps, and when you're winning, and you, when your batsmen are, when your batsmen are standing up to be counted, it does make it a lot easier to captain teams when you've got runs on the board. Yeah. Um, but I do think this was a little bit of a coming of age for Jerry as captain. 
Um, obviously, he he didn't have Jimmy Anderson for a large port part port part of the tour, um, which he's kind of getting used to now. He must do because he missed the Ashes. Didn't go to New Zealand. He's not going to Sri Lanka. Um, it's going to be Jimmy's swan song summer. I've absolutely no doubt. I think, I think he'll get to six hundred wickets this summer. Uh, he, I think he's only fifteen away, maybe, uh, or maybe seventeen. He was twenty five away at the start of the tour, wasn't he? And I think he took, he took maybe seven or eight wickets. Yeah, he, he got a five for second innings for Michelle, didn't he? And um, I'm not sure what he got what he got in the first, but he. Um, I mean, as as I said about the bowling, the fact that we've got such depth, actually missing Jimmy isn't the catastrophe it once was. No. Um, and h- him going down has created opportunities for others. Um, yeah, it's it's not ideal for him, obviously. Um, and niggly injuries are now a part of a part of what he is. At his age, you you come to expect that. Um, I also think he's more important to the side at home, and he. He always has been, probably. Um, yeah. Even I mean, South Africa's what? Yeah, you, know, you can get assistance as a as a fast bowler, as a swing bowler, um, but they still use a kookaburra ball, and that's you know he. Um, there are few, but well, few bowlers who enjoy the kookaburra as much as a duke, and yeah, he's certainly not one of them. Um, <laughs> so, well, I don't know many bowlers that enjoy the kookaburra as much as the duke. Um, in fact, I bet if you, I bet if you asked any of them, they probably wouldn't. Even Vernon Philander might think even, about it before before he'd answer. Even even Big Vern, um, who I can't wait to see. Hopefully, I'll get to see it Taunton this year, um, which would be good for him and fair play on a, on a stellar international career, Philander. But he looked he looked every inch a man that was coming to <laughs> retirement, didn't he? He, but he, well, in the end, his hamstring <laughs> ended it for him, which was that, that was horrible to see. Uh, he had a great first test, and I don't know if he was man of the match or close or close to it. He really helped South Africa win that first test, and then he ju- he just ran out of steam, poor guy. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, he's 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 got a bit of timber these days, as Joss Butler pointed out in polite, <laughs> in polite Very, terms. Extremely, extremely eloquently. <laughs> but for, I mean, it's, he's, is, is he, what's his legacy going to be? He's not, he's never going to be in the category of a Stain or a Donald or a Pollock for South Africa, but his career was maybe a bit shorter, but I think he's at times as good as some of those guys. Yeah. And they they discussed this during the during the the coverage, didn't they? And I think he that level those those bowlers that you mentioned, Stain, Pollock, and Donald, are always going to be at the the pinnacle of South African cricket. They're always going to be the guys that you remember as being the absolute devastate. I mean that the Donald Pollock partnership was right up there with the the best new ball partnerships almost ever to the, at the the end of the sort of late 90s early 2000s yeah. they had they had those two they, and teeny yeah and then callis yeah, exactly yeah as a, a reluctant as a bowler yeah. what they what they never had was a was a spinner i don't think you know, nicky bowie is probably their best spinner in history <laughs> paul <laughs> harris <laughs> and, and paul adams is it paul harris and paul adams on it with the yeah. the funny action um 
but yeah, uh, he deserves he deserves a lot of credit because he took he was the he was the uh, the sugar to Dale Stain's spice, wasn't he? <laughs> is, that, is that a good enough analogy? I don't really know. He he kind of made things. I'm struggling to understand it, but I like it no, at the same well, time. It, it's a very uh, it's a very boycott <laughs> metaphor, but it's. Stain used to soften teams up. Stain would go in hard. He'd bowl his, his four overs, five overs, soften teams up. And at the other end, Vern would come in at, you know, 82, 83 miles an hour, nibble it around. And he just had so much skill. And he was almost, almost Glenn McGrath-like metronomic, metronome, like every single ball. The, the, the batsman never got an inch from Verlan Philander. At all, yeah. and you were yeah. lucky. You were lucky to get a bad. You know, let's say you were lucky to get three bad balls in a seven or eight over spell, and that as a batsman will be quite frustrating when you when you're getting pegged down at one end and getting hit and hurt and bowled at it best part of a hundred miles an hour by Dale Stain, and then you've got a you know a, a dibbly dobbly, oh, so unfair, um, <laughs> an extremely it skillful, is. an extremely fa- skillful fast medium at the other end, and you just can't get him away. Yeah, I, I think if he's he's going to Taunton, um, <laughs> watching him bowl in in April May on some of those early season county pitches might <laughs> might be a pleasure for some. Mate, if Darren if Darren Stevens is taking is still taking county championship wickets on green tops in the in the county championship, then Vernon Fernanda is going to have an absolute field day. <laughs> Absolutely. Um back well back to to England's bowlers. Um obviously as we said, Jimmy injured. You know, we've had this We've had Joffrey Archer go down with this elbow issue, um, which it sounds like it's real. There were all sorts of strange rumours going around that there was discontent, um, but I, I don't think I'd buy that. I think he, he's obviously got a proper um, stress-related... Yeah, what, well, he's got a, a, stress, a stress fracture in his elbow, hasn't he? And he seemed like, like there's all the, like you say, the the talk in the media about the discontent but the lad probably just wanted to play cricket he just wanted to play uh, and he needs to be managed you know and if he's not 100% fit to get through a test match then you can't start the test match and that's the bottom line I think England have have been bitten by that bug one too many times strangely a lot of the the rumors seem to be coming out of Kevin Peterson's mouth you know I on the on the coverage he was he was certainly very Kevin Peterson on all the platforms, on the well, television, was... on TalkSport, on, on all of it. There was a chat. Uh, it was, I think there was a rain delay. It might, it, I'm guessing it was probably the game in PE where it seemed to rain for half the match and England still had time to win. But there was like a, a like test match special do so well and the, and TalkSport were, were trying to do a similar thing. And it was a, it was a chat that was meant to be about Joffrey Archer and Kevin. It was Kevin Peterson, I think, with Mark Butcher. I can't remember now, but probably, probably. And it, it was like well. a, a 20, 25 minute chat. And I, I sort of took stock after with it's, it's The chat's just become, it was just all about Kevin Peterson. The, you know, sort of 
three minutes talking about Joffre Archer and suddenly it was how it all was for KP. He just turns everything about him. He's even done it to this podcast. <laughs> how did you find that talk sport to coverage? Now, <laughs> well, I, it's difficult because we're so mentally conditioned to listen to TMS and the way that TMS do it is so very special. You know, with Aggers and, you know, Charlie and uh, with Daggers and Simon Mann, um, you know, latterly sort of uh, Alison Mitchell. Um, TMS, they've always had the the core few commentators. And, and, you know, when you've had CMJ passed away not that long ago and then Blowers has retired, they've they've always had like someone else to step yeah. up and have this natural succession thing well like dan dan norcross came in as well and the yeah, yeah. and the summer even even the overseas guys on the tours are your jim maxwell's of this world and yeah um who's the the indian guy who is prakash, prakash. yeah Brilliant. yeah absolutely superb now with the south african coverage i've got to admit i quite enjoyed listening to mark nicholas um i know dougie will, will disagree with that and um I, I, well, we, we, there are things that we probably can't say about Mark yeah, Nicholas, but absolutely. Um, I, he's, he's entertaining to listen to. He's, yeah, whatever sort of bloke he might allegedly be, he's a consummate professional on air and yeah. he, he does a great job. And he's, if, for, well, radio and TV, and he's just... doing both. I just found all of it a little bit hard work. Whereas TMS always seems such easy listening. No matter who's on, the balance is always is always there. With with Talksport Two, I found it hard. I found it hard listening to Harmison, to Peterson. Mark Butcher, whilst he is an, an excellent summarizer and an excellent person around you know the game of cricket especially on sky and the stuff he does on sky i found him as a commentator i, f- I found it i found for me he just talked a bit too much see what, so, the, what the problem i think is so i mean firstly i don't think talk sport can win whatever they do they're going no. to be in tms's debt so i'd say that for starters but it's i think it's very easy to find summarizers you can get x players off the street to do it and and, yeah. and actually they're going to be you know unless they're a moron or they just absolutely fall apart behind the mic they're going to be interesting to listen to um what you what are harder to come by are the ball by ball guys so for tv that doesn't matter you can you've yeah you know, the pictures are doing the talking and people are just yeah. commenting on what they see but you've got to have people who are good at describing the action and yeah. TMS have done it for years and they've had the rights for so long and you know, people people doing that in their sleep and they're doing it. You can't just describe the action matter of fact. You've you've got to be entertaining as well. The bar is so high. It so is. they've they've had to get they've had to get Mark Butcher to do it because they probably don't have don't have anyone. No, you're right. You're right. And, they don't. You know, okay. I I think they've it's it's so in, inferior as we know to the test match special product. Yeah. Um and I but I don't know what what they they could have done differently other, they, other than probably, not bothering probably, bidding for the rights. Probably not a lot. Probably not a lot and they've given it they've given it a, a decent crack and and they'll get better and I'm sure it will get better. Um it's just 
again, well, personal will preference. it, given the fact that I'm hearing they are not bothering with Sri Lanka having bought the rights to it, they're going to knock it on the head. Oh, really? I and didn't there's rumour that the tour won't have any ball-by-ball radio coverage. Wow. I didn't know that. I knew that they bought the rights. I just assumed yeah. they would be going. I think just it's not not profitable for them. Well, it it wouldn't be, would it? Because obviously they've got to they've got to find a way to fund it. Whereas obviously the, on the BBC, it's kind of it's centrally funded, isn't it? Where Talksport yeah. Two is relying on advertising and and all that sort of stuff. Although there is they, they didn't they didn't break. Any. They didn't break in, but TalkSport, the, the the group, the you know the talk radio group have advertising, don't they? Which which funds the station. Yeah, yeah, but they but they didn't they, break. What which surprised me, you wouldn't have even between overs. They're not sticking an advert in there. Yeah, that's I, true. I noticed like you'd have a whole session without any adverts in it, which surprised me. Yeah. You, you'd forgive them for that, I would, you know, but mind that. But well, it's TalkSport, isn't it? You you kind of you kind of accept it. But you know, you'd expect a you know, they've got it at Selco piping in. <laughs> it's where the trade in, goes. Yeah, at the end of an over. But you know it's not their fault. I mean I'm not big the biggest fan of talk sport in general on the, the standard channel. Um not when you've got love love sport radio. Absolutely with, loves love with sport radio. Over rugby's Russ Milson yeah, popping up every so often. Absolutely, mate. And now they're available on DAB nationally rather than just in, uh, in and around London or online. You should be able to uh, to check them out. And and you may need to retune your your radio, but uh... as, as a digital subscriber, you may need to retune your radio. Yeah, you'll find them under L. Yeah, let let's talk a bit more about actual cricket, Adam. Shall we? Okay. Yeah, we should we should do that. Okay. Well, well, let's look ahead to Sri Lanka. Yeah, you know, the the test team we've we've ignored. We haven't talked about the ODI and the T Twenty series. Which, by the way, the T Twenties amazing, incredible. The um, best, but... the best three match T Twenty series, or the best three T Twenties in a row, I think I've ever seen, as yeah. far as oh. a group. You know that run chase on Sunday was well, that, incredible. That was... The fact that what we were chasing over two twenty, two two four to win. And that was the most comfortable victory of the three games. Yeah. <laughs> and and how important, you know, I know other other areas may have touched on this, but some people are calling Owen Morgan one of the best England captains ever. Is that is that fair to put him in that in that sort of bracket when he when he's only captain in white ball? Yeah, it depends what type of cricket you prioritise but yeah I think so if, if a World Cup winning captain no one else has done it if you it depends depends obviously how you judge people but you've you know, we say you know, we do an NFL podcast and we'll we'll judge players on whether or not they've won a Super Bowl or it will contribute towards that you know, Owen Morgan's the only England captain to have won a World Cup and he's done it He's led from the front, and his captaincy has, for the most part, brought an edge. I think he's he's often one step ahead of his his rivals. And he, what I've been most impressed of him, he when the chips are down, he seems to be the one that steps up. 
you know, like so, like the run chase on Sunday. Um, the run chase. What was the first one on the Wednesday where we lost by a run? Was that the first one we were chasing, lost by a run? He he um, he messed up there. He, yeah, exactly. Could, yeah, yeah, you could tell it in the post match interviews that. It's, I mean, England should have won that. And well, he, the he thing played is, a silly he, shot having got us in a winning position. He, and... he played it, but then Moeen did the same, and then Curran did the same. When we needed yeah, seven yeah, to win off the last over, just knock it around. Tell, you could tell Owen Morgan had thought to himself, even he just looked steely. He was like, I'm, I'm not making that mistake again. And he, he, was, he was clearly really cross with himself. Uh, probably cross with his team, but just, you know, he, you take that responsibility on, don't you? Yeah. And that, that to me is a, it's, well, a feather in his cap as a captain. Not that he needed too many more of those. But again, for from England's perspective, though, they all, all the important players stepped up when it was their time to step up. You know, Jason Roy, seventy or thirty-eight in the first. Stokes is forty-seven, not out in the second, along with Moeen. Um, that blister in 39 off 11 balls. Then in the last one, Den- Butler. Denley's one off two deliveries. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Butler, Butler and Bairstow in that run chase on Sunday before Morgan finished it off. You know, even um, Tom Curran at times, you know, that those first couple of balls of that uh, T20 on Friday night when they needed 15 off the last over, and you're like, oh shit, we've, we fucked it. And I'll then, hold my hands up. I was, um, I'm cursing. I'm calling Tom Curran every name under the sun, and I, I, giving him the final over seemed like the wrong decision. It, it, remi- it reminded me for a second of when NASA gave Jimmy that. Was it the penultimate over? In, it was Jimmy ahead of Caddick, I think. Yeah. Jimmy was like wet behind the wet behind the ears, and he threw the ball to him, and he just think, oh, it's like nah, bowling in Brisbane. It was one of those. But then he. When you least expected it, he found it. He just okay. I've messed. I've messed up. I need to pull this back, and he took it. Took that responsibility again, well, as you say. The the irony is, so he he scored. He took the most wickets for an overseas player in the Big Bash this year. Tom Curran. Okay. Um, but he goes. He tends to go for a lot of runs. So when he gets it wrong, it goes wrong for him. But that slower ball that he bowls quite regularly does a great job and he he is this canny knack of picking up wickets i mean even in that that monster game on on Saturday, on sunday going into his last over he was he was like 2 for 18 or 1 for 18 off 3 and yeah. they they he, he got some tap in that final over um but his figures were were better than were better than anybody else's figures on Sunday, even though um, they scored over 200, 220 runs. T20 economy rates. You've always got to have an asterisk or an explanation because they don't they don't show what stage of the inning someone's bowled or the context of a game, and they can vary wildly. You know, if you go for twenty off and over, suddenly it looks like you haven't haven't bowled that well, but then you might, you might have come back and taken a couple of wickets at the death. Yeah. Um, Chris Jordan, for example, yeah, a, a, a forgotten man, it seems, but he still, he still got it. He, I think the, the third game, he absolutely smashed out of the park. And then, but bowled... then you see what he'll bowl and over at the death and he'll, he'll win you a game. Mate, he, he bowled uh, four for 49 
Bad seven dot balls. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. You know, he That's went for, for four, four, four sixes, three fours, and two whites. And it, it loads. It said pressure. Pressure does funny things to people, doesn't it? But we gave away in that um, in that last run chase. We gave away a stupid amount of wides. Like there were nine wides. There was an over and a half of extra deliveries. And it's, it's when matter. when the when the pressure's on. Yeah, it turns out it didn't matter because we won <laughs> with with still five balls to spare. So happy days. Um, those, those games at altitude, they reckon <laughs> it, it it gives you a five meter difference in how far a a, a well hit ball will go. Uh, that's not insignificant. No, absolutely isn't. You know, um, the grounds yeah. aren't five meters bigger. No. What, what else it was nice to see just before we we move on to Sri Lanka is um, the diminutive Temba Bavuma. And it was oh. nice to see. I, I, I'm a big fan of Temba Bavuma. I am. Yeah. Um, he, I think he got properly harshly dealt with the last time we were in South Africa. And I know he, uh, he, he hasn't scored the world's most amount of runs, but I think he's gone away. He's come back. I, I don't think anybody ever, picked him as a bit of a white ball player but that that opening partnership with de Kock really seemed to work very well i i think with temba and it can work both ways this and it's i don't necessarily want to de- get into the, this this the, issue but the james I think the first, Ta- james taylor of south african cricket uh, no 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 nothing not not i'm not talking about his height um <laughs> his first time first time around i think he was a victim of the the quota targets so yeah. i i think he got more of a run in the side because of his skin color yeah. than he than he would have done and actually it probably didn't do him any favors so that that can yeah it's a obviously always a, a tricky issue in south africa um and by the way just as an, a, a linked linked aside from this graham smith as an appointment to sort of do their andrew strauss role is absolutely terrific as a man who's yeah. led superbly for so long dealing with this kind of issues i I mean south african cricket south african sport in in general must be so difficult to to deal with um, yeah i I agree politics between between smith and boucher i think they're in the best place and and there's a lot of i think of the um there's a lot of the uh a lot of different areas of south african cricket that are criticizing the appointments of smith and boucher but I think they are in the best place to lead them forward. I mean, I see Faf Duplessis has resigned this week as near as Test captain and as T Twenty captain. Um, I think it's a transition period for them, it, and they—it's you know, a tough place to go. We've had the, a tough tour, as as we've said, but it's not the best South African team at the moment, no. as by any means. Um, and they've—they've, they've, you know, so Phil Landers just retired. Staines recently gone, although coming yeah. back for for a T20 World Cup it would seem but they they've you know they've they've lost Amler De Villiers all all these all these big names and yeah C is probably a victim of that and it it they need a clean slate and and that's what that's what they're going to have do, and, do you think do you think the cock will take on all three he probably because i mean the the, the only other guy that i mean i, I don't know enough about this but Dean Elgar, um, but I mean, how many people in that side? I mean, you you, you tend to have batsmen as Test captains, um, but yeah, how many people are actually 
got their place nailed down in the side. Yeah, well, they're not good. Rabada's not going to captain the side, is he? <laughs> um, you think it would be? Uh... But you can't captain the side if you're banned every other game. <laughs> yeah, for true. Points, you know. True, but they, but they are like you say, they're in a very much in a in a state of flux, aren't they? They bought in Peter Milan, who's about forty years old, isn't he? Pretty much, it's it's probably only. I would say it's probably only Duplessis. After the England, after the England series, probably Van der Dussen. Van der Dussen's come in and done. Um, De Kock and Rabada, and probably Norkia, that would be guaranteed their places when fit. Yeah, Norkia with that pace. Yeah, uh, you, it just it, it's like it's the same same with anyone. You know, where we we have that with Archer and, and Mark Wood when they're fit. You know, you, you, if you can bowl at 90 plus miles an hour, it just makes such a difference. Yeah. Absolutely. Should we, uh, should we move on to Sri Lanka? Yes. Yes. And what might seem an innocuous couple of, it's two tests again, isn't it? Yeah. I've, I may have got, it's possible I've got that wrong. No, it is two tests. Preparation we've, we've got. Um, there's, there's no best though, as you said. Um, Keaton Jennings is the is the name that we probably should talk about. Uh, Stopgap horses for courses. Yes, I, both. I mean, I don't, I don't see the point of this. Now, I get, I get that you want to win a series, um, but where where we've just had Sibley, Crawley, and Denley at the top of the order and who've done what they've done in South Africa. Now I know it's a very, very different place. And I know Jennings is a good player of spin and all the rest of it, but I don't see what this really achieves, but that's, that's just my view. Plenty no, of others. Disagree. I'm, I'm completely with you. He's yes. He scored a few runs in, in County cricket last year. Yes. Last time we played in the subcontinent, um, he scored a lot of runs as did Ben folks. You know, when we were in Sri Lanka last time and he's come back in, which which I'm really glad to see Ben Fox. Yeah, in. I am. So yeah, um, totally different I, different conversation there. And I and I actually think that, you know, he should take the gloves when we're going to be bowling a lot of spin. I see him, he's the best gloveman. He's the you know, the, he's the most like James Foster as a gloveman, I think, and, and James Foster is arguably one of the best that we've ever had. Uh, especially... I, I love you, Russ, and I don't say that often enough. I know, yeah, but and, and that pains me to say it, as I know you're obviously an Essex fan. But, um, you know, I would like to see... Um... How, how James Foster didn't play 150 tests for England uh, is beyond me. It's, it's a mystery, really. Um, perhaps he didn't score enough runs, and they just—he had a badly timed, innocuous injury, mm, and that's when Pryor came in, wasn't it? And then that was kind of it. No, earlier than that. I mean, was it? It, it could have—it could have happened at various stages, and it should have done. But um, there was when he first played for England, um, and it looked like he'd sort of grabbed his his spot. I may have got the timing slightly wrong, but I think Alex Stewart ended up coming back in instead right, of him. Okay. Bit early, oh, obviously. Yeah, a bit early, was... I'm thinking then. Or maybe I remember... it was when Stuart retired, and then yeah. we picked Reed Warren and Geraint Jones, and yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, as a as a top three, or as a top as a, if you're picking a side to play against Sri Lanka, we're not picking any more than two seamers, are we? 
plus Stokes. So with the, yeah, so it's, if, well, hundred percent. Stokes is your third seamer. You're not. You don't need any more than that. So uh, that this is where it makes sense to pick Joe Denley in horses for courses type scenario. If if in the summer the likelihood is that it's going to be Crawley, Burns, and Sibley in a variant, which I see as a Burns and Sibley, then Crawley in a one, two, three. Building... Here's a question, though. If Keaton Jennings scores a double hundred in each test, is he out the side? <laughs> well, he's got to get in the side first, isn't he? Surely. Well, I'm, just, I'm just throwing that, throwing that to but the same, you. Same to be said for Joe Denley. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I suppose that's a nice in, problem to have, but I'd I'd have more. Well, I'd say Keaton Jennings is much more likely than Joe Denley to score big runs in Sri Lanka, but I'd also say that I'd be more inclined to keep Denley in the side if he did. Yeah, uh, they may not marry up with each other, but that's how I feel about it. The, I mean, a lot of it, and I listen to to Tuffers and Vaughan and, and other podcasts and and all that they seem to be focused on is well you're picking a side and when we go down to Australia in 18 months time or whatever and like I don't really care about the ashes in 18 months time at the moment I want I want to build I want to build a side for for today for tomorrow for the next series for India in we got to play we got to go to India first I want to build a yes, side it's unusual for the for the ashes to be so long off and there's nothing, nothing else really in the it's, way. Test cricket you know, and, and I know it's big, but it's like some pundits, some pundits, all they care about is the ashes and them saying, well, you're bringing, you know, the, you're bringing um, Jennings in when we know he's not very good against pace and bounce. And when we go to Australia in 18 months time is Keaton Jennings, the man to do that. It's like, but, but we're not picking a side for Australia. We're picking a side for Sri Lanka. You know, and yes, the likes of Crawley and Sibley, they are, they're big blokes, aren't they? They're, they're not, you know, they might not come up against the the level of pace and bounce of Stark and, and uh, Cummins and Hazelwood. But then who is? How are, how are, how do you actually in an England, in the English summer, then go into India this winter? How are you good? You can't compare, you can't prepare any of those blokes at all. Apart from playing at that level of Test cricket, you can't prepare any of them for playing on that pitch when they get to to the Gabba in sort of December twenty twenty one. This, this, is, this is the argument that for Keaton Jennings right now is that the India tour is the follow, is next winter, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so if if he comes in and and does well, there's a strong argument for him playing playing in India. It's difficult though. I don't. I don't. It's not as if Sri Lanka, though, are the side with Murali and um, Chimindavas. They're not even the side with Rangana Harath, mate. No. They're, not even, they're not even that team. We should no. comfortably beat Sri Lanka, even on, in their own backyard. They're just not the side that they were. Like, and the likes of Angelo Matthews and, and those guys, they're just not there. Um, and we don't forget, we're playing Pakistan and the West Indies at home this summer. You know, two series again that that we should be absolutely winning at home. And yes, the win the West Indies are getting better, but we've got to start we've got to start focusing more on what's here and now with an eye with half an eye on 
future tours, but I don't think we should be looking any further ahead than potentially India this winter. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't dis- I don't disagree. Um but- I've just got I've just got I have is- issues with Keaton Jennings really. Um I I get I get the logic of horses for courses. Um Ben Folks on the other hand, I don't know what he and the, some have made a similar argument. Like he's he's done well in Sri Lanka, so that's he's the horse for that course. But he hasn't had an opportunity to do it anywhere else. It's nonsense. No, and the, and people say, "Oh, he didn't score many county championship runs last summer," as if that is is almost a, a measure of success. How many? You know, yes, there are people that have yes, there are people that have gone and scored bucket loads of runs in county championship and can't score a test run. There are people that actually the county champ playing against Darren Stevens on a green top at Canterbury, and then playing against I don't know Sheldon Cottrell on a on a hard bouncy surface in Bridgetown are com- two completely different things. Yeah. So you you can't compare until he gets a decent run in the side. And whilst I absolutely adore Josh Butler, um, now that Ollie Pope has grabbed that number six spot with both hands, which he should absolutely stay at number six for the, for the time being, especially um, is play specialist top order batsman at the top, play your, your middle order, your all rounder. You've got your, 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 I say your learning batsman, your, your, your stroke maker, together in the middle so you've got root stokes and pope which who are your stroke makers in the middle then you've got your keeper batsman and then you've got your bowlers let's let's not stop let's not pick joss butler for the test team when he yes he's an incredible talent but is he the best wicket keeper batsman that we've got in england and the answer is probably no if <laughs> this is the the age-old trouble with this if you pick your your best gloveman fine but Teams in 2020 in Test cricket don't do that anymore. No, normally. Um, so if you if you're not doing that and you're picking a, a keeper batsman or a Gilchrist or you whatever you're trying to do, they've they've got to score runs. And Butler hasn't been doing that. Best well, Besto hadn't been doing that or, or in, enough recently. Well, but Best, so it's, Best, it's, Besto have been all over the order. They, it, I, I feel a little bit sorry for Johnny Besto because he never really had that established place in the batting order. And when he was being moved from three to five to six to seven, up and down like a yo-yo. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not just blaming the, play, blaming the players here. It's, it's, a, it's always been a tricky position to, you know, unless, unless you've got a Gilchrist who will get you hundreds of runs every year. Or, or you've got a top six that you can, that you can trust. Yeah. Now we're starting. Maybe, maybe. To, we're starting to develop a top six. The reason, the reason we've we've tried to shoehorn Bairstow and Butler in for so long is because they're talented and have the ability to take games away from teams. Like Moeen has done. I mean, Moeen coming in at eight and, and slapping people left, right, and centre when he's a county championship number three batsman. You know, he's better than a number eight in Test match cricket, but that's the role that he's being asked to play. If you've and got if you've got Ollie Pope he's, now, he'd started batting like a number eight was part of the part of the problem. A, a, absolutely, yeah. but if you're if you're 
if you've now got Ollie Pope, so we we now have got a set engine room of of Root, Stokes, and Pope. That's that's the go to. That's where you, that's where you want your big runs to come from. You know, with your top three to soften the bowlers up, stick in there, get to lunch, maximum of one down, get to tea, maximum of three down. Now, if you can get to the close between three and five down and 300 on the board, you're in a great position. Yeah, we haven't, um, we haven't, and we, we, haven't and we, and we, like... we, we just haven't had it. And we're not going to get it all the time. And I'm not, I'm not deluded enough to, to think that every test match we're going to roll up and score 400 first innings runs. It'd be just be nice to do it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I mean, even, even th- this, three, this summer coming, uh, ignoring Sri Lanka for a moment, home to West Indies, home to Pakistan, there are going to be opportunities for England to do that. Um, it's obviously going to be much tougher. Last, last year, the ashes, uh, the, the likes of Stark, Hazelwood, Cummings at you. Um, it's it's clearly much harder to do that, um, but with, this is what we should be doing, and as we have done, you know, 2010, 2011, when we're England are world number one, we're doing that against teams regularly at home, in particular. Yeah, we, we I'd like to think we're going to get back to that. Yeah, I do too. The other point I wanted to make quickly about Ollie Pope and and his future, a lot of it, a lot of people are calling, oh yeah, well we why not put Ollie Pope in number three. When he came into the side against India uh, two years ago, was it two years ago? Be two years this summer. He batted things, at number four, didn't he? Yeah. Why? Why try and well? Why risk ru- ruining what you've got? Yes. And secondly, we don't we don't need to promote anybody right now. I agree. I agree entirely. I I'm almost of the opinion that you could have three opening batsmen and just play them at one, two, and three because yeah. you know three unless unless. Um, you know, your openers at a time where England's openers weren't getting over 30 for an opening partnership, it may as well have been an opening batsman. Um, but if you look at the most successful batters over the last, let, let's take two of the most successful batsmen in the last 10 years, Virat Kohli and Steve Smith, both of which started their careers lower down the order as batting all rounders. Virat Kohli used to bowl a bit of sort of medium leg spinish filth. filth, as did Steve Smith. <laughs> he, well, he got picked for bowling filth. Ab- well, absolutely, but he, he picked it six or seven, batting down the order as a as a leg spinning batsman. Steve Smith's first runner. test, he was number eight leg yeah. spinner. So, but he he came in. He had a bit of a run. He went out. He came in. He batted at six then, and then he batted at four. And then he's he's moved up the order and developed his game in such a way that he has learned from those experiences. England have been so guilty in the past of taking a player for what they've been doing in the history of their own game, like Holly Pope previously, where he batted his whole career at six. He's a young lad and he makes his test debut at number four in an England team that were probably at the time... 40 for two. Yeah, yeah. You know, how often has Ollie Pope come in and face faced balls at 40 for two? Never. Never. He's probably very rarely it would have been 40 for four or it, it, um, Surrey, you know? And that's the type of thing that England have done. Just picking people and then shoehorning them into a, into a system where there's a gap rather than picking people to do 
the job that that they have been picked to do, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, totally agree. Hopefully, we've we'll have less need for that in the in the coming months. Um, I don't think is it is it arrogant to say that oh, you suggested it, but is it arrogant to say that this feels like a comfortable whitewash in Sri Lanka? I'd like so to think something's so. got to go wrong, or or a phenomenal Sri Lanka performance from nowhere that no one sees coming, which may happen. But I just hope we we get the bowling options right. I could I hope that they they pick maybe one or, or I hope they pick Mark Wood and Broad or Wood and um, maybe I, even I Wood. I can hear Doug now when you mention Broad. I can well, hear him chuntering away. For all of what Doug has said about Stuart Broad, uh, he is—I I still think he has been excellent for England, even in South Africa. Lead, I, lead I always, I always watch him, look at him, and agree with Doug, and yet he'll then he'll take a couple of wickets, and look, and then he'll just have this spell where you think, "How have you done that?" And then he'll just then he'll look innocuous again. It's, he's he's always been a bit streaky. Um. And I sort I sort of see where Doug's coming from, but he, but you look at what he does and his numbers yeah. and his stats, and it, even now, and they're still like a, they're not tailing off as you might think. Uh, absolutely. Um, my only slight concern is I, I don't want to bowl Mark Wood into the ground, but I didn't think in South Africa that Sam Curran covered himself in too much glory, especially you know again I don't want to. He is a bowler that has shown that he can bat. He barely barely scored a run in in South Africa. Um, he's well, he if, we, if really you're talking about to. horses for courses, he's probably not the horse for that <laughs> the particular course we've got coming up. Um, Mark Wood maybe, and if it's only two tests, which I, I suspect are going to be back to back, aren't they? So you might maybe it's you might not want to give him both, but certainly at least at least one and. There'll be there'll be enough people out there where the, where you only need two seamers plus yeah. Stokes. There'll be enough well, cover. Well, there's Broad, Wokes, Stokes, Wood, um, Curran. You know, so you you would think they could almost share a bit of burden between them, couldn't they? Yeah, yeah. And then you've got Bess, Leach, and Parkinson. I think Parkinson I, will get I run think, out. Yeah, I think he will. Um. Do you think might... that would be at the expense of Bess or Leach? It's, it's a good question. Leach has he's had this he's had a couple of illnesses and has he got Crohn's disease or something like that? He, I, think I think he, he has. Battle, he battles a few things, and so he, he missed. Well, ended up pretty much being the whole tour of South Africa with with issues, and there was a, a virus going around the team in the, at the start, wasn't there? Bess, Bess has come in and done really well. Uh, I, it's possible. I wouldn't be that shocked if one of the two tests they looked at the pitch and actually picked all three of them, and just yeah. just went with and just went with Stokes and A and other as as the, as the seamers. And Stokes and Stokes has shown he can bowl those long spells as well as he if needed. Not that he would be needed to do that, but you know what they're going to need to do. They probably bowl three overs each. At the start, yeah, maybe yeah. four, and then the spinners will just toil away, and and that'll be that. 
I, on the flip side, when you've got Root and possibly Denley in the side who can who can bowl, I don't know. Stokes doing Stokes bowling long spells does worry me because I, I yeah. do feel he's they're constantly managing niggles with him and his so, knees aren't quite right, are they? Here's the thing, right? I think I think in in one test you'll find if Jennings plays, so does Parkinson, and I think if Denley plays, Parkinson won't. Yeah, logical. It, so it, almost certainly what they won't that, do. That's not groundbreaking, but <laughs> it, it, may, it makes no sense to, to have a leg spinning option in Denley, albeit part time, and then a leg spinner when you could have a left arm off, um, a left armer, slow left arm, and, a, and, a, and an off spinner. Um, and then, but my worry with Don Bess is whilst he bowled really nicely in South Africa, he was tidy without being extravagant and you're never going to be get extravagant turn in South Africa. Don Best doesn't turn the ball a hell of a lot. Leach turns the ball a lot. Um, Best tends not to. Yeah. I don't don't know. It it depends if you've got a surface where it's really ragging. Anybody will turn it and the control actually becomes in a funny way, more important because you don't, if it's really turning square, it can be a waste if you if you can really rip, rip the ball. This doesn't really help. You're just going to miss the edge rather than find it. Uh, yeah, we'll, true. We'll, we'll get one going on with the arm or something. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't mind either Bess, Bess or Leach in those conditions. Um, I think we've. It's not. It's no swan, it. swan and Panas, are they? It's Ooh. not. And that no, brings a not. smile to my face when I think about <laughs> Swan and Panasar bowling in tandem at Sashin. Spinners bowling in tandem full stop. Oh, so nice. Yeah. Batsmen batting in caps instead of helmets. Yeah, love that. Love that. <laughs> Bring that back. I mean, I don't I don't want to end this podcast on a downer when we're talking about things like batsmen batting in caps. I did mention it at the start. The English domestic cricket competitions that we've got to look forward to in the ironically named year of 2020. Yes. I mean, the the county championship is still the county championship. And while I worry about four-day test cricket, that's probably a discussion for another day. And actually, the South Africa series has... We've had some great five-day test matches, so long may they continue. Absolutely. But the other than the county championship, now I, I, I was never, I was never a Mikey Holding or an, an Ian Botham about T Twenty when it came in. I quite, I quite liked it. It felt a bit gimmicky at the start. It was, it was entertaining, and to start with, not many took it that seriously, and it, it didn't take that long for, for counties in particular to start to. And the the domestic competitions, I, I always think, has been really good, really watchable. And um, we're now going to have that's a second fiddle to something that isn't cricket. And the 50-over county competition, which, again, I've always... I mean, it's not necessarily everyone's cup of tea, but going back to the old NatWest Trophy and the various sponsors it's had since, always really enjoyed that and... As an Essex fan, it's been something they've always taken seriously, had some success. Um, that's sort of relegated to a B-level status unofficially. The counties 
aren't going to have the the names in these competitions anymore. It is domestic cricket okay? The the four day format isn't that seems as as strong as it has been in a while, but the other stuff is moribund. Dare I say? It's not it's not really for me, but I, I've been to a I've been to a couple of meetings about that particular product, and the ECB are very much as you'd expect, really so far behind it, uh, as in, like, trying to get people involved. They've launched the... Um, why Why the... Cricket but, Dynamos. Why have they done this? I, I don't, don't know. Why have they... Like, I, I'm not... I'm not actually against franchise cricket, per se. But look at the... I mean, I have I have issues with it as a... You, know, you as a Somerset fan, me as an Essex fan, they're not they're not going to do well out of it. They might be compensated financially, but what what does that get you? Money thrown at small counties who aren't going to have a product to spend it on. Yeah. I mean, but the franchise thing is one thing, but I don't I don't get the need to tinker with the rules and that the just silly silly little things. Oh, we're not in the hundred. I don't even want to use that name. I was wondering how long it was going to take you to say. I thought you were. Did it? Can you beep it out? I thought I thought you were deliberately not using that particular word. If you yeah, beep it out. Beep it out. The the you're not going to do that. But anyway, (laughs) but the the batsman when a batsman's out, it won't matter if they've crossed. Why? That's just a little like a little thing in cricket that we have. It's just like a. Little nuance. Oh no, no, no! Idiots going to watch this might not understand that. But you're catering to people who apparently can't count to six or divide by six or count to 120. Yeah, don't. It's just. I'm. I'm... We've we've got to wait and see what it looks like, and if it might well be well supported and it might well take off. It doesn't mean we have to like it. But it might, you know. <laughs> yeah, what, 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 this is it. What are they trying to? Oh, we, we want to attract new fans. What about all these existing fans who fill a lot of the stadiums for T Twenty cricket? Let's not yeah. forget that. Uh, not every ground, but ev- even Lords in the Oval, like Test grounds these but, days, are largely but... full for this stuff. Well, forget these people who are turning up for this. Let's find new plastic you know, fans instead. You know what? You know what will happen is that they will wank away loads of free tickets to clubs and schools and all that sort of stuff to fill the grounds out um and then say look what a huge success we're we've had sellout crowds and we've had full stadiums and all that sort of stuff when great until you look at the pnl well yeah but uh, who's going to look at it they've created a thing called cricket dynamos um which is the uh so they had all-stars cricket which was like seven to nine year olds introduction to cricket and now they've created cricket dynamos in line with the hundred ball uh scenario and they're going to be playing hundred ball cricket in the this cricket dynamos thing that they the ecb have launched in in tandem with the hundred and as i say i went to a meeting about it the other day because i because i coach junior cricket is is something you just called it a hundred ball cricket i don't i don't think it is cricket no, it's just it's a hundred ball game of something. Um, 
and they they see it as the the way to get a quicker way to get children into cricket now i've created little games you know um pairs cricket and stuff like that there's not 20 overs you know depending on how many pairs you've got if you've got an eight side game you're playing 16 overs each each pair bats for two overs each or whatever and everybody bowls two overs and away you go you know everybody's involved everybody gets a game and you know when you're out you just swap ends and you both get balls each and happy days but i I don't mind it to be honest i don't mind it so much for youngsters if whatever they're going to engage with and it's it's about getting people playing and i i don't have an issue with that however you want to rebrand it as long as kids want to play that's great but you've got to have a pinnacle that of the game that makes sense or that you can aspire to it's you know baseball in america has all sorts of rules and nuances and all sorts of complications that a kid in the kid playing at school's not going to care about he's just trying to hit the ball out of the park it should it should be the same thing you know, just because you make something more appealing to kids to play and you simplify it doesn't mean you need to simplify it at the top level I mean, it's it's going to lose its edge. It's going to be an inferior product. Um, Agree. Yeah. I think anyone listening to this is probably going to re- agree. And if you don't, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure I'm, we want you. I I'm probably would have regretted listening this far. Yeah. Shall we, shall we wrap it up? Didn't, yeah, didn't we have a conversation at the start of oh, maybe half hour, 40 minutes? That, that should do. <laughs> oh, well. I'm sure we'll be fine. <laughs> oh, well, good, good to, good to get together and do this again. We should lovely. do it more often. It's lovely to talk cricket, and I think we, you know, maybe after the South Africa or midweek through South Africa, we'll, uh, we'll have a South Africa, Sri Lanka. We'll have a, we'll have, we'll have a, we'll have a catch up, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and yes. and then and then it'll be summertime, and we can talk lots of cricket. Oh, summer! Can't wait. Sounds great. Um, yeah, if you've if you've listened this far, thanks. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> we'll we might be back sometime soon. Let's do it. Well, play that Brian Lara theme tune. God, I feel good. 